0: Connecting for positive change.
1: Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Net Zero Talks podcast series brought to you by Innovate UK KTN. I'm Nilan Banks, Knowledge Transfer Manager for Place and the lead for the Net Zero Places Innovation Network, which is a two-year flagship programme dedicated to supporting local and regional authorities and agencies to connect, collaborate, inform, share experiences, lessons learned in order to adopt innovation and level up across the UK. Before I introduce our guests, let me tell you a little bit about, or more about this podcast series and the Innovation Network. The Net Zero's Talks podcast series has been created to hear from the experts and other local authorities on the challenges to reaching net zero. So, basically, we work with authorities to help identify the challenges to meet net zero, promote these challenges to our engaged innovators across sectors, and collaborate with public buying organisations to make sure solutions are procurement ready. Our goal is to provide practical insights into different topics on how to achieve net zero in places. Before we dive into today's topic, if you haven't already, please go to the Innovate UK KTN website through the link in the description and sign up to receive newsletters and updates on all of our activities. You'll also find out about future episodes of this podcast there too. In this episode, our guests will be talking about the UK EV infrastructure strategy. So, let me introduce you to Simon Buckley, the Knowledge Transfer Manager for Zero Emissions Mobility at Innovate UK KTN, and Peter Brown, Senior Policy Advisor for the Office of Zero Emissions Vehicles, also known as OZEV. So, it's over to you, Simon.
0: Thank you very much, Neil. Um, so, maybe before we start, Peter, do you just want to say a few words about, uh, about yourself?
2: Hello, my name is Peter Brown. I am a senior policy advisor at the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles, and um, I have um, a history of working on uh, various different bits of policy, uh, whether that be in sort of the education sector, uh, uh, sort of uh, regeneration, particularly things around sort of levelling up, um, and also more recently in EV uh, infrastructure, where I've been working in the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles uh, for coming up to two years now. Yeah, uh, thanks very
0: much. Yeah, and I look after zero emission mobility, so that's everything uh, from scooters all the way up to aircraft. Uh, so a wide range of applications. Um, what we wanted to talk to you today about is about your EV work um, and the EV infrastructure strategy, uh, how it might affect local authorities. So if you can first just give us a quick summary in a few minutes, No, no easy task there, I know um about what the EV infrastructure strategy is uh um what does it aim to achieve yeah
2: absolutely um so the EV infrastructure strategy um is essentially a landmark central government document that sets out uh our plans to accelerate uh the rollout of EV infrastructure and um, uh, to make sure that it's of a sort of world-class um uh, charging standard and to ensure that we've got sort of a public network that uh, uh, very much lives up to that name. Essentially, we've done that by uh, sort of communicating uh, through the infrastructure strategy and sort of government's vision for EV charging infrastructure uh, for the years leading up to 2030 um, and beyond. Um, As hopefully some of your listeners will be aware, um, earlier on um, uh, during this uh, sort of government, uh, we had um, sort of the 2030 phase out date that was set out. Um, of all internal or the sale of new internal combustion engine vehicles. Um, and essentially, although sort of the, the, the vehicle uh, uh, sort of side of that was pretty clear cut, there were, and rightly so, some sort of questions around how the infrastructure would be there and um, uh, placed uh, to best support that transition. So essentially, uh, we, we've sort of communicated uh, uh, government's vision. Uh, through seven clear principles that range from uh, everyone being able to find and access reliable infrastructure both now and in the future no matter where they live to making sure that people can um, access different types of infrastructure as well so whether that's they've got sort of um, access to off-street charging but also crucially um, uh, making sure that there is sort of on-street provision as well for both private drivers but also uh, drivers uh, who may be looking at it from sort of a commercial point of view so they need to do that through uh, either fleets or, or their business and also crucially as we sort of work our way to sort of wider net zero goals making sure that that, that electric vehicle infrastructure is integrated into sort of a wider smart energy uh, system. In the strategy as well uh, uh, we set out that EV EVs or um, uh, well, the story of EVs has come a long way, um, and there've been sort of big improvements uh, in the market. Although there is still some way to go, um, and we've set out sort of the remaining uh, barriers that we uh, that we see as being sort of uh, key uh, before we transition to sort of wide mass market EV uptake. And um, particularly think about sort of the barriers that are particularly prohibitive, and um, to ensuring a comprehensive public charging network and crucially we set out how we aim to address those and um, another thing that the strategy does uh, 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 as well is clearly communicating sort of roles and responsibilities uh, for all different actors across um, uh, the electric vehicle uh, sort of field so whether that's those working on the energy network distribution network operators and the energy side whether that's those uh, working uh, sort of in the transport sectors thinking about sort of Charge point operators or manufacturers or installers, but also crucially ourselves in central government, um, and also um, uh, the whole range of uh, sort of local authorities up and down the country who are really at the sharp end of uh, of delivering a lot of this infrastructure, and um, so that I think has been one of the, the the key barriers in the past, especially when we were doing sort of our engagement, um, uh, leading up to sort of the publication of the strategy, uh, we we uh, heard repeatedly that. So there was un- unknowns around uh, where people thought their rules ended, whether that was sort of on the energy side or on the transport side. And there was often a bit of miscommunication there. So we really wanted to sort of clear that up. And I think what strengthens our case even further uh, is we've gone beyond that and we've also set out sort of an action plan with sort of clear commitments that what we will do in central government, but also crucially what we expect of other stakeholders. Um, so that really sort of, Shows up both the rules and responsibilities question, but also uh, what we expect from 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 industry as a whole, and um, so essentially uh, that's the EV infrastructure strategy uh, in a nutshell. Hopefully, providing a lot of colour to uh, sort of previous uh, plans or governmental plans on 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 electric vehicles. Yeah, thank you very
0: much. So it's very simple; only takes a few minutes to explain, uh, and that's it. You mentioned barriers there, um, so. Uh, and we'll come on to local authority stuff in a minute. Um, but one, what are some of the top barriers you see uh, for EV charging infrastructure?
2: Um, I think some of the top barriers that we see um, are particularly around sort of um, commerciality, and um, is sort of a, a key one in making sure that sort of the business case works, um, uh, so that the private sector can come in and invest, and also have sort of that commitment that there will be uh, a way that they can sort of uh, get their returns back, and, and sort of rightly so. Um, and also um, I think a key barrier is making uh, sure that grid connection upgrades um, are sort of carried out in a in a systematic way, in a way that um is is able to be uh, uh, sort of clear and consistent and that is programmed in a way ahead of time so that there isn't um, sort of a need to constantly go back and, and, and upgrade particular Um, uh, areas of the network that have already been sort of recently reinforced making sure that that is done in the most sort of cost uh, effective way as possible specifically thinking about how that impacts other businesses uh sort of in the local area and and other sort of ever-changing demands on sort of our energy system so i think they're two two of the um uh, the big the big um uh, factors and i think the commerciality factor definitely plays into sort of the wider um uh agenda of this government in terms of thinking about leveling up ultimately we want to be we want to make sure that no matter where people live in the, in, in the country they can transition to an electric vehicle and have uh faith and not have to worry um about either uh, charging that vehicle or worrying where they can actually uh, do so essentially it should be relatively uh a straightforward process obviously different parts of the country have different demographics and there may be sort of different housing stock that impacts the type of infrastructure that those areas might need but essentially and um, uh once sort of local authorities um uh, and other sort of local players can uh sort of bottom that out it should be sort of a relatively um uh, straightforward transition and i think what is crucial is we want to make sure that uh, that transition is is equitable across the board and that there aren't sort of some areas that are unable to transition uh, uh, because of sort of location or because of a lack of a st-
0: strategic plan. I'll well, that on off-street charging in a little bit because there's a few questions around that would be useful to explore. Um, but more generally, if I'm a local authority, how can this help me plan my future strategy? Um, so is there a cheat sheet or something um, or a quick summary they
2: could uh, digest? Ha- how best to go about that? Well, I think um I think the the uh, the government's electric vehicle infrastructure strategy essentially uh sort of sets out that uh, uh, in order to transition to an EV uh, sort of uh, charging network that we all want to see really requires a shift in sort of how government at all levels sort of plans delivers uh and works with both sort of the private sector, wider industry uh research and development and also civil society society to sort of deliver that that level of infrastructure. Essentially the strategy is uh, quite sort of a high level sort of strategic um uh, view on, on on a lot of that, especially thinking about sort of how we go about sort of rolling out that infrastructure. But I think what's what is particularly um of, of note for local authorities and potentially local authority officers is the range of commitments that we've got in that strategy. Um so that's thinking about sort of how we've set out and, and, and tasked and um, sub-national transport bodies to produce sort of regional EV charging strategies. We heard a lot uh, in terms of um, our barrier scoping in our early engagement about how local authorities weren't sure what their role uh, sort of was and even if they did, even if they were sure and wanted to be proactive about that, they didn't necessarily have that extra support or expertise or, or modelling experience that they needed to, to really um, uh, steal a march and, uh, and, and roll out their infrastructure in their areas. We strongly feel that, sort of, sub transport bodies are really well placed to do that. Uh, we've also got other, uh, sort of, aspects and resources and commitments that we've, sort of, set out. Uh, we've published a local government knowledge hub alongside the strategy, which is basically a resource-rich bank of information that local authority of- officers can, can sort of, rely upon and use. Everything from, sort of, um, uh, planning EV infrastructure in the first place to actually rolling out um, and uh, it helps you through pretty much every step of that process. We've got further guidance coming out through the Institute of Engineering and Technology uh, that will do uh, that and more. And we've also got other commitments that uh, uh, we hope will make local authorities' lives a little bit easier. Uh, particularly thinking about sort of uh, transport regulation orders and um, making them more straightforward. And um, and we're also um uh, opening up data as part of our wider sort of consumer experience regulations. And we feel that that will make it easier for local authorities to understand the specific needs of, of fleets, for example, in their areas. Um, and then obviously alongside sort of the strategy, there was a range of um, announcements on funding as well. So I think it's it, uh, a, a quick uh, cheat sheet is, is, is probably not what the strategy uh, aimed necessarily to do. But hopefully that wide range of sort of commitments um, and an and action plan um, is really keen uh, is really key, sorry. Uh, for local authorities and um, to see sort of what direction we're going and and sort of what's coming down the line, as well as um, um a whole host of resources uh, to accompany that.
0: Yeah, thank you. So, if I uh, just starting off of my EV journey as a an officer in a local authority, where do you think out of all those options would be the
2: best place for me to start? I think and um, the best place uh, for you to start uh, in that regard um is probably um uh, through the Energy Savings Trust. So we um, have uh, prior been sort of funding them to deliver their local government support pro- programme and in the strategy commit to um, uh, continuing to do that. And this programme um, essentially helps local authority officers through um, uh, uh, every stage of the process. So whether that's um, uh, particularly thinking about sort of what infrastructure is needed in their areas um, to understanding sort of what are the demand on sort of consumers we work with traffic regulation orders and they essentially have um, uh, forums from across the country and they walk local authority officers through this so they've seen all the barriers before and often have been able to sort of um, uh, point uh, and and produce case studies that show how best to sort of negotiate these and we've received sort of really really um, um, strong reviews and feedback that support um, uh, the Energy Savings Trust and all the work that they do um, in that program, so I would strongly recommend sort of any local authority officers uh, on the call to get in touch with them. They've also got a whole range of um, different resources, uh, uh, online as well that you can access without even signing up to any of the forums. And I think on top of that as well, the local government uh, knowledge hub that we produced alongside the strategy is, uh, is, is super important as well. And again, a real rich resource. And if uh, any officers. Uh, are particularly interested in sort of the the, the consumer behaviour aspect. We did produce uh, quite a lot of research alongside Britain Thinks, um, uh, uh, who have produced sort of um, a really strong uh, set of um, results, particularly looking into sort of the consumer behaviour of EV drivers and how that um, is likely to change in the future. So definitely important to think about when you are are planning EV infrastructure uh, in your areas. Yeah, thank you very much. And, yeah, EST, a great organisation
0: who we work closely with as well, so, yeah, I'd recommend that. Off-street charging and on-street charging, you mentioned it being equitable. equitable. Um, How would that happen? Because, obviously, if you are charging from your own electricity supply versus if you've got a public charge point, it's going to be cheaper if you're using your own private supply, I'm going to assume. So... Are people with terrace houses naturally disadvantaged in that respect, uh, and how could that be balanced? Uh,
2: so yes, I mean yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, so if you are sort of charging off street, uh, you will be sort of uh, in the vast majority of cases using your own electricity supply, and in that regard, you'll be able to take. Uh, sort of advantage of a lot of the uh, sort of new, or not new anymore, but flexible tariffs that a lot of the energy uh, companies are offering these days, which allow you to charge up overnight when there's less demand on the grid, and you then have access to um, a lot cheaper rates, which obviously is beneficial for everyone. On-Street charging traditionally isn't able necessarily to do that. Um, but there are new innovative um, sort, sort of solutions coming along all of the time. Uh, so we've recently been uh, uh, working on a, on a pilot uh, in Oxford that we've been looking at uh, sort of having gu- gullies and it's a sort of a gully project. So essentially, they uh, channel the EV cables underneath sort of the pedestrian uh, 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 carriageway or highway. And that way they can sort of link up to uh, uh, even terraced houses, sort of individual electricity supplies so they can still... Take advantage of uh, those uh, uh, sort of favourable tariffs that I mentioned earlier. So it's people with on, on street sort of housing and um, uh, traditionally are are at a disadvantage. But essentially, we're keen to try and make that um, as minimal of a disadvantage uh, as possible. Ultimately, terraced housing sort of differs from sort of across the country in large sort of urban centres. Uh, parking uh, can be quite competitive. Um, and in those areas, um, uh, sort of early research seems to suggest that uh, sort of consumers would prefer prefer uh, to charge at sort of a local rapid hub that's in with sort of a five minute walk away. Um, and we can definitely see um, uh, uh, sort of the business case um, uh, for that, both from sort of an economic point of view, but also from sort of a charging behaviour point of view. In areas where sort of parking um, and, and terraced housing is less dense, so, in sort of um, uh, semi-urban uh, or semi-rural locations, and um, it might be uh, a lot easier uh, to sort of have your car parked outside of your house, and therefore, different solutions such as the gullies um, and other and other new uh, technologies that are coming along and um, may well be um, uh, preferential both for the local authority to deliver, but also uh, uh, for the, the the end user. So, essentially. I think what we need to sort of um, uh, do, and I, I think the strategy does what, does a good job of setting this out, is making sure that uh, local leaders are empowered to make these decisions. It's not for central government uh, to sort of interfere and, and, and meddle uh, in a lot of sort of uh, uh, local decision making. So I think uh very much that local authorities should be taking the lead and feel empowered to make these decisions because ultimately they know their areas best they know sort of um uh, people living in those areas and sort of what they want and they can have direct sort of access to to them uh through uh, various different forms of engagement and ultimately, I think that has uh sort of other benefits as well of making sure that people feel like they uh are uh in power of 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 sort of decisions that are been or that at least they're taking part in decisions that are being made in their areas and obviously that has that has extra benefits as well and and travel being a, sort of a key part of that so essentially uh, uh there there is a slight disadvantage there um but it's one that we're sort of working hard to, to try and unpick at, at, at every level thank you very much uh, so i think
0: time probably for one more question and you kind of touched upon it um In terms of funding available, can you tell us a little bit more about the Levy Fund? Um, Because I I believe some of that is trying to pilot a few more of these technologies you were discussing um, and kind of prove out that the case for those technologies. So can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Yeah, of course, of course. And so through the EV um, infrastructure strategy, we announced um, sort of a range of different um, uh, funding available uh, to local authorities to help Um, and then roll out this infrastructure and to ensure that sort of the transition to electric vehicles takes place in every part of the country. And so we've got uh, uh, 500 million pounds uh, to support local uh, sort of charge point provision. And as part of this, uh, the the, the levy Fund or the Local EV Infrastructure Fund, to give it its full title, will uh, provide approximately uh, 400 million pounds of capital and 50 million pounds of resource funding uh, to support local authorities, uh, to work with industry and transform um uh the the availability of charge points for drivers um in their areas, particularly without off uh off street parking. And part of that fund, the way that it's structured and sort of set up, is there is a ten million pound pilot that got launched earlier on this year that closes uh, uh in June, and that essentially is a is 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 a springboard and an opportunity um uh for the the fund um uh, to understand sort of the market and what's what sort of at play um and learn any lessons before the full uh, sort of development of the fund um uh, is set out uh, uh, later on so we see that as being sort of quite pivotal um uh, to uh, understanding sort of some of the latest innovations some of the latest uh, technology but also um uh, business models as well that will enable uh, sort of both local authorities, but of the private sector, to um scale up and roll out um EV infrastructure sort of across the country. The strategy was quite clear that we need to sort of see a massive um uh, uptake um, uh, and and uh, of of provision of EV charge points across the country. And um, currently, we have just over thirty thousand. The strategy said we'd need at least a tenfold increase. Um, uh, to uh, 300,000 and we also actually had a range in there up to up to 700,000 as well in, in, in some scenarios. So essentially the 300,000 scenario um, uh, for, uh, focuses a lot more on um, uh, rapid EV charging hubs where sort of less charges are needed whereas uh, the 700,000 uh, range towards that top uh, models more uh, on-street slower charging uh, that would be traditionally done sort of overnight. And um, so essentially uh we see as I, as I mentioned earlier, the local and um, eV infrastructure fund being really pivotal to us understanding the market and uh, sort of which way it's going to which way it's going to go next in terms of uh, uh, sort of rolling out and providing that public network for a mass market transition to 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 electric vehicles. Uh, thank you
0: very much, and there's links um in the descriptions here for anyone who wants to get any of the information. Um, around that that fund, um, so thank you very much for your time, uh, Peter. It's been a pleasure. I'm just going to hand back over to Neilam.
1: Thank you, Simon and Peter, for joining us today. That was a great discussion. And as Simon mentioned, all the links will be in the description. And also, don't forget to sign up to receive the newsletter and updates of all of our latest activities, which will include activities around decarbonisation of transport. In our next episode, we will discuss how can collaboration with academia support decision makers on climate adaptation. Um, So I hope you come and join us for that one. But thank you all again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this series and this episode specifically, and that you'll come back for more. Until next time. Connecting for positive change.